Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Asian Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Megla Bhardwaj, and today I'm joined by the very charming Baptiste Porzier. Hi, Baptiste. Welcome to the podcast and say what's up to our listeners. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Why did you decide to move to China and what were you doing before that? Hello, Megla. Thank you very much for having me on today. Um, yeah, so hello, everybody. Uh, really pleased to be uh, on this podcast. Uh, I've uh, known Megla now for a few months, and uh, it's one of the person that I favor the most in our community. So I'm very, very pleased to be here and with you all. And uh, yeah, let's do a great podcast. So um, about China, it's it's uh, it's quite by chance that I arrived in China. I uh, met a woman, uh, which was a businesswoman, and uh, we got together, and uh, she showed me China. And uh, the part uh, she's from in China is the Yunnan province, which is just next to Laos and um, Vietnam, I guess, and also Myanmar, uh, so southwest China. Um, yeah, so I come to discover this country, and all of my ideas about China just dropped down. Uh, because it was so beautiful, the people were so nice, and I didn't feel any, you know, really strong communist vibe in this country. And I was like, wow, this is actually great. This is Asia, you know, uh, nothing different than when I went to Thailand or, or, you know, the same vibe of Asia you get when you're a Westerner and you come for the first time. So I was really pleased. Um, and so um, the communication with the parents would not be in English, no French, because they didn't speak the language. So I started to learn Mandarin, and I quite like that. Um, so back and forth uh, from London, UK, where I was living, to uh, the Yunnan province in China for four years, and then our uh, relationship came to an end. Uh, so I was put in that situation where I was like, oh, I like this country. I speak a little bit of Mandarin. And... Um, you know, I I think there's something to be done. So I looked online the possibilities of uh, developing a business in China and opportunities and uh, connecting the dots. Uh, I thought that uh, being here in China with the Amazon opportunity and e-commerce as a wall uh, would be a great competitive advantage uh, to be uh, closer to factories. Now, Yunnan is not known as per se for, uh, you know, the factories, the producing uh, and um, I looked on the map and I was really undecided whether I should go north towards uh, Shanghai or Beijing. Um, you know, uh, Shanghai is next to Nimbo, where a lot of uh, the, the neighboring uh, province are producing. And there's a big port in Ningbo um, or the south uh, around Hong Kong. And I thought, you know, for visa run and also, uh, you know, for the community, community sorry, of Amazon seller, I would choose uh, to go south and also for the weather that I thought would be better. So this is how we arrived uh, in Shenzhen first. And then uh, now I live in Guangzhou, uh, pretty not too far, I'm two metro station, two subway stations away from the Canton Fair complex. So really at the core of the action uh, in China. Awesome. That's fantastic. Okay, so let's get into our topic for today. And I was really interested in this because I heard you talk about this uh, a couple of times. And so our topic for today is China sourcing arbitrage. So first of all, can you 
tell us what exactly do you mean by China sourcing arbitrage? We've all heard about online arbitrage and retail arbitrage, but what exactly is sourcing arbitrage? Well, um, I would say it's all in the title, China sourcing and arbitrage. So um, arbitrage being the oldest, to my best knowledge, the oldest uh, business model there is, is buying someone else's product or someone else's commodity and to sell it somewhere else on another marketplace uh, for a premium. Uh, And the, the difference basically falls down in your pocket. That's arbitrage. And so um, I like this model because uh, it's very easy uh, to do. You don't need to be too complicated. You buy things you see and then you sell. Um, So I like that uh, model um, uh, from the get-go. Now, the other thing is being in China, I was really trying to find my um, business model and I come from the Amazon arbitrage, even though I, I really hated it back then in London because I didn't have a car, uh, because there's not so many Walmarts uh, around uh, inside the London Central. So I was struggling with that model back then, but I always liked it. And um, over here, I thought, OK, how to source for private labels and stuff. And very quickly, uh, I thought, yeah, I need to go to Yiwu or other wholesale market, which we will probably talk about later. Um, but then, you know, to just go there, keep back and forth, it's it's long traveling and uh, expenses. So first, maybe I should check online. Um, and so the China sourcing arbitrage idea or concept is pretty much the online uh, arbitrage model, but uh, based on two Chinese websites. Uh, So that is the model of China sourcing arbitrage. Okay. So then how is it different from, you know, sourcing on uh, supplier directories such as Alibaba or Global Sources? Or how is it different from going to a trade fair in China like Canton Fair or or the Global Sources fairs in Hong Kong? Right. Well, it's not so different. The the main difference being you're uh, sitting at your desktop and uh, you're in front of your computer uh, for the difference with uh, the the wholesale markets or the trade shows. Uh, Now, for Global Sources and Alibaba, those are very valid websites you you can go to. uh, And I would prefer to go to Global Sources uh, as an habit now. Uh, then Alibaba, I find that products are uh, better quality in general, and and uh, I really like how the website is made. It's a lot more Western people friendly, if I may say, than Alibaba. But those two websites are valid. The only problem with uh, those websites is, in my opinion, is the those are made for um, foreigner or outside uh, worldwide uh, um, wholesale, and per se, it includes that people not having the habits to source in China will go to the, the, the past of least resistance, which are those websites. There's also Oberlo, MadeInChina.com, and other ones. Um, th- those are valid, but the price is usually based on the fact that uh, people from all over the world will buy and will find it a lot cheaper than their uh, main distribution channels uh, and won't, will not really understand the difference that there is between Chinese wholesale uh, websites selling to the local Chinese markets. And there's a huge difference. Not always, like I, w- I would just as a rule of thumb say 80% of products will be cheaper 
So uh, still a margin of 20%, which will be comparable prices depending on category and items. But um, really what I would suggest people to do is going to those Chinese local wholesale uh, website and wholesale markets to get the best pricing on their products. Okay. So what I hear you saying is one advantage is that you might get lower prices. Yeah. than you would at Canton Fair or if you're sourcing from um, Alibaba or Global Sources. So um, what kinds of products should people buy from, you know, 1688 or these other Chinese wholesale markets? Because, I mean, one concern is that, you know, do these products actually meet all of the quality standards of, say, the U.S. market or Euro- European markets? Because, you know, many times, you know, importers put in so much time and effort to test their products and make sure that they meet the requirements. But because these products are for the domestic market, do they really meet the standards? So um, the end, there's no perfect answer to that question. There's no yes or not. There's really a maybe. And that's why in any case, when you source uh, outside of your own country, you should really run your due diligences and make sure. Um, now, what I find uh, interesting on that model is that you can test batch on very small quantities. And so um, you can first have a great idea and understanding on your product uh, and very quickly get it delivered to your door. Uh, well, I will go back to that in a minute, but um, uh, very quickly get an idea of if the product is a good quality or not a good quality. And if the if the products require uh, some sort of certification, um, having directories on it, you know one six eight eight, it's called in Chinese Yao Li Liu Baba. So it's a Alibaba. That's basically the name of the Alibaba group for the same platform, but one is for uh, local Chinese market, which is one six eight eight dot com. But it works on the same uh, directory. So you will have the suppliers' names, you will have the the factory address, their WeChat, their QQ number uh, or telephone number, uh, sometimes WhatsApp and whatnot. So um, I mean, you have to, you still have to run your due diligence and go to the bottom of it and and make sure they are certified, AFDA or CE uh, certification for Europe uh, and such. But first, you can order lower quantity. Uh, and that's the main difference with uh, uh, trade shows, for instance, uh, like Canton Fair, where usually you come, you're no one, they don't know, they don't know who you are, and you come ask for MOQs, not necessarily asking the right set of questions. They see that you're uh, a newbie, and they will go like, as a rule of thumb, three thousand is our MOQ, three thousand or two thousand five hundred, and like, okay, well, on on. T- Taobao, which is actually the, the local eBay uh, run by Alibaba, uh, Jindong, which is also uh, another one I go to, I can compare price first and then I can order one item. So that allows me to receive it uh, within 24 hours to my doorstep. I open the box, I can see straight away if the plastic or the PVC or the, the wood or the leather is good quality. Uh, you know, if it tears, if it's a fake product, what I call a fake product or not straight away, uh, then that would give me already a good indication if there could be some uh, certification with the, the factory. Uh, if I select my product as if I deem them like uh, good enough to, to pursue the research, then I will contact the factory and 
try to have more information. So I will present myself, my company, um, and and you know tell them about the not tell them about MOQ straight away, but really understand. Uh, ask them if I can visit the factory in the neighborhood or not. Just like that set of questions that, that puts you there as a business, uh, uh, as, a, as an importer, basically. And then uh, try to get as much information as possible. Once I get that and the certification uh, 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 tackled, what I want to do is um, order a small batch. And that's why I call it arbitrage. I think no more than 20 uh, items 20 pieces, like they, they call it, pieces, like they call it uh, uh, over here. Um, but yeah, tw 20, 20 items uh, of one product and, and receive it and then, you know, maybe change the packaging if I want to, but that, that would evolve around wholesale or even private label, but really take it as it is and then send it to Amazon. That's, that's the initial idea uh, behind Chinese sourcing arbitrage. Okay, cool. So what are the kinds of companies that are on these websites, uh, 1688 and um, Taobao? I understand it's mostly independent sellers, but on 1688, are these actually manufacturers or are they wholesalers or are they, you know, just independent sellers? Can you tell us a little bit about that? That's a great question. Uh, so I found that most of people um, being on 1688, are actually manufacturers. Why the, the, the answer is quite simple is because they don't need to have an agent or a trading company to uh, sell directly to their customer. Um, when I say most of them, maybe it's 60% of them. The other 40%, which is still a, a big number, are trading companies because little factories, they sort of join into one agent to represent them. They don't want to deal with that sort of operation. And they, you still have to go through a trading company. But um, those are really representing the factories and they work uh, locally. So it's not exactly the same uh, agencies or, or um, agents. Uh, trading agents that you can find uh, on regular uh, alibaba.com. Okay. So do these manufacturers then have ready stock for you to buy? Because um, I remember I was in Ewu earlier this year and I was, um, you know, I'd got all of these great product ideas. And, um, you know, for people who don't know about Ewu, this is a really large wholesale market in China. And um, yeah. so there are literally thousands and thousands of shops over there where you can just go and each shop has hundreds of products <laughs> and you can choose any product that you want. And one of the main benefits of going there is that you can order smaller quantities. But what happened was that I came back from Ewu with a list of hundred products. I was super excited. And then I started, you know, uh, validating those products on software tools, for example. And then I went back to the agent in Ewu and I said, okay, I want to order these five products. And then the agent came back to me and said, oh, the MOQ is much higher now because the supplier does not have these products in stock. They have to manufacture them now. So right. I was a bit disappointed because that mm -hmm. defeats the purpose of going all the way to Ewu. If I have to... Um, you know, order based on the MOQs, I might as well just go directly to a factory on a supplier website, on a supplier right. directory, right? So what have you found on 1688? Do, are most of the products readily available in stock or do sometimes, you know, do they have to get them manufactured by the factory, which increases the MOQ? 
Yeah. So I think you you brought a very interesting point. Um, there is a sweet spot to use uh, Yiwu market, which I think uh, is exceptional. You know, uh, it's just like a, a whole city with uh, six or seven different buildings block with their building, but they're just uh, the equal amount of a block in New York uh, that you can go and browse through. I, I think. Uh, you, you need to be there for quite some years uh, <laughs> to find exactly what you want. And I would recommend you come uh, accompanied the first time, uh, uh, maybe with a sourcing trip. Or, you know, you can literally order, uh, if you want to order a bit more quantities, 200, you know, test your market, uh, run minimal PPC, optimize as minimal as you want. If you've got a great product selection, uh, which I will talk more about later. Uh, if you have a great product selection that you need to validate, this is a great way to find an item, get the quality uh, checked, uh, find what is great about um, what what differentiate that product and send it very quickly. Uh, usually those quantities are okay to send by air freight. You know, it's more expensive, but again, what you're trying to do is not necessarily uh, make money, uh, but really validate a market. I'm talking private label here. I uh, will sell to private label. And what you want to do once you get the validation, you know, uh, with running little PPC, uh, entering a not so competitive uh, uh, market on Amazon or niche, then uh, you get that, you establish that uh, real estate. So uh, there's an history starting in Amazon and you get maybe a bit of reviews, a bit of velocity uh, without doing much optimization. So while you get that validation, the 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 game would be okay. Go back to the drawing board and and uh, uh, do some research to see where is the pain for the client in that niche, and then sort of come with design ideas. Um, and and then once you got a three D rendering or you know like a prototype that come out uh, after contacting a, a factory, then you come up with the main idea what you found in EU market or Wilson market or other things. Uh, and order it on on uh, one six eight, send it, validate, and then change the design and make it manufacture. So then you come with really something that no one will be able to catch or will take a long time before they develop it. And you've got that uh, uh, head, you know, um, uh, in in your niche uh, to to keep the competition away. Um, so this is the way I would do it. Um, and uh, I think that that model is really interesting for private, private label uh, uh, as well. But back to arbitrage, arbitrage is really um, about just taking the product off the shelf and putting it there on Amazon. The way it works uh, would be to have a budget for it. You know, uh, you can start with one item with as little as $100 or $200. This is what, how I started, so I know it's possible. Uh, but I would recommend that you take, like you said, several targets all at once and then uh, uh, have a minimum uh, shipping quantity of 20 kilo for the air freight or more to benefit from the sea freight, you know, like a alpha container full or a full container itself. Uh, so we're talking large quantities overall, but small batch of IDs that you can test uh, doing a great product research first. Okay, that makes total sense. Um, thanks a lot for that. Okay, so let's also talk about Kunming 
and the wholesale market yeah. over there. So you've mentioned that a couple of times in past yeah. conversations. And uh, yeah, I'm very interested to know more about that. And how is it different from other wholesale markets, you know, like Yiwu or even Guangzhou has many wholesale markets? Yeah. So uh, again, that's that's a total by chance incident. Um, uh, Kunming being the... the uh, you say the prefecture, like the capital city of the Yunnan uh, province in China. Uh, it's it's one city that I know well. And um, at the time of my relationship, uh, my ex-girlfriend uh, had the wealthy parents that opened a supermarket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore, they needed supplies. And I know this, this is the place that they would go to. Oh. Um, and I was like, you know... Um, strutting down the street and I see that massive uh, suite of buildings and I'm like, mm, that, that looks like, you know, uh, like big warehouses. What is that? And I asked the question and t- someone told me, well, this is the famous Kunming wholesale market. And I was like, really? So I went to check it out and I was like, oh, I need to go back to this place tomorrow and really investigate uh, uh, what they do. And uh, I did. So the next day was very early and, and uh, I came there and I found that this was the really twin sister uh, on a smaller scale, not that much smaller, uh, of Yiwu. So tons and different buildings, um, maybe separated with uh, two or three areas. So you had to go a little bit further. They were not as well connected, but very modern, uh, like less than five years uh, old buildings. Uh, where you can find anything for your commodity products from uh, kitchen equipments to, uh, you know, a garden to toys to, uh, I mean, just the same as you really like uh, millions and millions of products uh, that you can find uh, into little streets uh, really long. So you, you would spend like 20 or 25 minutes in just one street to just walk and then come back. Uh, so it'd be very, very long uh, and a lot of uh, products to choose from. So I was like, wow, this is great. And I looked around me and I was like, unless, uh, unlike, sorry, you will market, there's no one single foreign people around me. So I was like, this is, this is getting more interesting. Uh, so I got a friend to translate for me and I was browsing around asking questions and I found my first uh, private label or world sale uh, label item uh, in this Kunmi market. It was uh, a bamboo product for the, the kitchen uh, uh, equipment. And so uh, I looked at it. I looked on Amazon, just a brief uh, search. And I was like, wow, this sells for a good, you know, $18, $19. I asked for the price and they told me uh, 7 RMB, which is the equivalent of wow. uh, maybe a, a, a bit less than a dollar or maybe more, depending on the rate right now. So I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, I asked for the price for uh, bulk quantities, and it was go as low as uh, uh, 4.5 RMB. So I was like, wow, this is a profitable product. So I took a gamble. I guess, you know, I had just about enough experience that I wanted to, to try and test on Amazon. So I was like, how much for 100 units? And it was less than $100. So I was like, okay, let's go. You know, it's a great, it's best than, better than a course. You know, just put it online and, and figure out things uh, so that I learned. And, and I could actually uh, place that item, learn to do a bit of minimal PPC and, 
and try to understand. So uh, at first I didn't make any money, but right now it's uh, probably like a top uh, first page in seven to eight uh, main uh, keywords. Um, and uh, yeah, I sell consistently. It's not a big um, seller, meaning it's, I don't sell huge quantities of it, um, which I probably would need to make a lot of money, but uh, the profit is enormous. Uh, and that's taking in consideration shipping and everything. So I got it uh, tested and I contacted the factory. Uh, they told me it was fumigated, which is a requirement for imports of woods. Uh, you know, they just uh, uh, spray a gas on it so that all the bugs or larvae uh, just drop dead. And that's a requirement to sell uh, woods on on uh, on other markets like Europe. In, in America's market. So I got that, um, uh, I did my due diligence research and I found that I could sell it. And what I did is I, I, I really liked the wood thing. So I, I copyright it around the ecology, uh, eco-friendly, you know, uh, something that you can, even if you don't need, you can bury in the, in the ground and it will just uh, be good for the environment. The glue is natural, etc. So I thought like, this is awesome, you know, and, and, uh, this is a market that I, I really interested to um, to to discover more and get some maybe agents on site to help me and maybe other people uh, come uh, because really the price are so low. It's again this is Chinese local to Chinese and that's the main key of the whole subject we're talking about here. If if people see you as an opportunity to make more money because you come from abroad, the price is going to be reasonably higher. They don't know you. They don't know where you are. So they want to, you know, it's the same work for uh, so many quantities are lower quantities. So they want to make sure they make some money. And if, you know, they don't never see you again, why not make an extra 20 or 30 percent? Uh, most of people will not see the difference and they will calculate that or not negotiate. Over there in Queeming, I was just like, okay, I was the price in RMB because they didn't have any dollar price. And they gave me that incredible price because they don't have that thing ready for foreigners. So uh, I loved Queeming markets and I would recommend people to go uh, if they're more adventurous. It's probably more barriers to entry. Uh, but yet again, if you think out of the box and 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 go around those barriers is it's a whole new exploration to to do and and a great uh, competitive advantage to take for yourself fantastic so how did you find the manufacturer for that product then well um, long story short i then contacted the manufacturer and uh, dealt with him straight away for more quantities and uh, i found him through alibaba our, uh, the Chinese Alibaba sites. Uh, so most of them, um, I have to say, like in Yiwu, a lot of people, uh, well, half, I would say again, half and half, half of them are manufacturers, but probably actually more than half of them are uh, wool sellers, uh, really. So they work with factories, they, they won't tell you where it is. So a good good thing to find is to take a picture of your items and and look with the photo icon on uh, uh, those uh, Chinese websites. Uh, you don't have to go to Google Translate. Just do a photo and see what comes up. Search by supplier rather than just product. And uh, usually it will appear. And so um, I ordered again from uh, 1688, got one or two units. And so it was the exact same item. So I had uh, actually found it by myself very, very uh, simply. 
So everything can be done on your own. Um, the other way of doing it would be a sourcing agent, a uh, traditional uh, service, I would say. But most sourcing agents will not do the job for lower quantity. That's why it's important that you understand the concept and, and the model uh, so that you can do it yourself or teach um, some VAs to do it for you. Uh, VAs meaning uh, virtual assistant for those starting on Amazon. Uh, it's when you outsource uh, people to do the job for you uh, from online. So maybe maybe another country or another location from where you are. Uh, and people are actually specialized in doing this. You can find them online on uh, FreeUp uh, from uh, Nathan Irch uh, um, a service, or the platform like uh, Fiverr, Upwork, or uh, Philippines Online, Philippines.com, or something like that. So um, find a VA to do it and train it, uh, train them, or even like Malaysian or Singaporean. Uh, some of them, most of them, can speak Mandarin. So if you can find a VA through those marketplaces uh, that speak Mandarin, they can do the job very quickly to you. You can hire Chinese people to do it, but I would I would just be cautious on who to employ because uh, sometimes they may have other clients and this, if they find an, a good opportunity, they might actually communicate that information even though you sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. Um, so, you know... Chinese people in general uh, are very, uh, they've got the entrepreneurial bug, you know, they really want to succeed. So um, that might not be the case elsewhere. So I would suggest you go elsewhere to lower your risk. Yeah. Okay. I see. That makes sense. So the strategy would basically be first you either identify a product that you're interested in. Maybe you see some sort of, uh, you know, demand on Amazon and then you get a picture of that product go to 1688, do uh, do an image search using that image, right? And then you've got a list of suppliers. So, um, and then after that, what if you don't speak any Chinese or you don't read Chinese? How do you contact the suppliers? And how does shipping work as well? Because are, is 1688 set up to ship overseas, you know, to Amazon, for example? Or how does that work? Right. So two very good questions. Those are the main barriers uh, to this model. So uh, I think it, it's it's right on. Um, the way I do it uh, for Chinese, uh, I don't I don't read Chinese that well. I must know like two hundred characters, and I think to uh, understand Chinese correctly, you need to learn four thousand eight hundred. So I'm not going to get into that. Most of people won't get into that. Like I said, the VA, uh, a, a native uh, speaker, would uh, help a lot. Um, however, if you don't have that luxury, uh, you can install the Google Chrome extension, uh, Google Translate, and uh, all your page, uh, if you do the right setting, will appear. You can translate uh, back and forth English to Chinese. So uh, sometimes it doesn't necessarily make sense. It's not proper English, but you understand pretty much what it is about. And the more you use the platform, the more you understand. Uh, it works also with uh, JD and Taobao, which I recommend also to have a look because sometimes one is is good, but uh, you want you know those platforms has different offers, so it's good to have multiple sources. Um, but yeah, do the image search or the uh, Google translation, or get a VA or get a sourcing agent, depending on where your strategy is and where your situation when you start. Um, sourcing agent is going to be the most expensive, but uh, probably the 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 less the the least worry 
to uh, to uh, to do this. Um, and so for the second end of your question, can you repeat? Because I was just really digging into that. Um, so the second question was, how do you manage shipping after yes, you, you know, yes. say you like a product and how do you get it to Amazon FBA? Hold on me. I didn't get my cup of coffee this morning. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, for the source, uh, for the shipping. Well, the, the shipping, like I said, is going to, you know, if you ship anything, uh, lower than 20 kilos, that's going to be UPS DHL service, which is going to be really, it doesn't make sense to me, you know, to pay that much price unless you're in a hurry and you want to test the product very, very quickly, but it costs a lot. Now, if you, uh, a lot of freight forwarders uh, use uh, uh, plain freight that you can either choose for the next day, uh, three days, a week, you know, taking different planes. Uh, so you, you got to make sure all your package when you send are, are really, uh, I would say bulletproof, but drop proof, you know, you drop it from a meter high. And if your uh, cargo is fine, then you can, you can go by freight. No problem. Uh, from sourcing in China, this is my experience. You need that dropping test. So make sure your, all of your boxes are well secured. Uh, and then, yeah, use the, the, the sea freight. If you've got a big, big, uh, order, like over 50 kilos, maybe you'd like to go for uh, sea freight. Otherwise, between 20 and 50 kilos, maybe use just the uh, um, the plain freight. All right. So that was great information about uh, sourcing arbitrage. Right. So from your experience, give us some tips on product selection, especially for Amazon FBA. Okay. So first of all, I would like to uh, give what we say in France is give to Cesar what belongs to Cesar. So uh, all of my strategies, they come from uh, specific sources of people, uh, which I will uh, recommend all the, the, the start, the, the beginners to, uh, to go and have a look. So uh, one of them is myscientip.com. They've got the pack course. And this is, uh, you know, they've, uh, Jim Cochran came with that, uh, um, um, how do you say, mentality? No, it's a, it's a concept of an inch deep and mile wild. So basically, you want to have as much uh, target as possible, but invest as little as possible. And you want to implement uh, those uh, items so you see what works, what not at a lower budget. And then you just sort of um, focus more and more on the winners. And then you select your only two or three products that are really winners. And then you start investing more as you sell, as you grow. So a slow start, something to give you confidence to uh, uh, go forward. So uh, you can have a, a look at uh, the proven Amazon course.com for the, the, they've got a great course with multiple, multiple way to learn. It's a great way to start. And uh, I hope that maybe one, one day I'll have a course there also to, to provide about sourcing in China, but um, enough for that. Now, uh, another great source uh, would be, uh, you know, FBA for you.com, which is uh, what I considered as my mentor, Chris Davy. Uh, he's been the one helping me to come in China. He's a, he's a very nice man, uh, very generous, always ready to give information and help people around. He has a meetup uh, event in Guangzhou uh, twice a year for the Canton Fair, where I met with tons of great sellers. So if you ever consider coming to China, come to his event and check his website, uh, as well as his Facebook group, Chris Davy fba4u.com. Uh, another great source and uh, dear friends, uh, they I made them uh, through the My Silent Team community is Jim uh, Tim Jordan and uh, 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 JB Brown, and they do a sourcing trip in EU actually. Uh, also, um, 
but they have great experience in China sourcing. Uh, so they give lots of tips. They have a YouTube channel. You can get as much information as you want through their YouTube channel. Uh, in their group, Private Legion, uh, Private Legion of Amazon or Amazon Private Legion, I'm not too sure, uh, on Facebook. Uh, this is where I got a lot of information to get started also uh, for sourcing in China. Uh, I suggest you look at them. And uh, your great group, uh, Megla, which I ver come very often, pretty much every day, for sourcing in India. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think I'm so excited. You've got all three planned for a uh, trade show in India. I would recommend for beginners to uh, multiply the source uh, of information and really do your research, um, but start small. And uh, for the product selection, back to that, I would, uh, I would just um, maybe not use those uh, Jungle Scout or Helium 10 tool to find first your product. I would rather find it off those tools and validate like you said earlier. So the way that I do it and I would suggest people to do is start with Google. Google got a set of uh, tools that you can use such as Google Trends, uh, but just a Google search and, and find what's hot in a specific category, you know, meaning maybe you want to know what's new. So uh, what are the trends, what is selling? So you'd go to uh, Google and search what's trending for 2019 in this category, or soon there might be some uh, articles about 2020. Uh, what's coming, you know, what's gonna be the next hot thing? And then, uh, you know, sort of check on Amazon what result you got. Um, you know, finding those main keywords, what would you search for? Uh, those articles, they will, you know, frequently come over the same keywords. So that's great for keyword farming. Uh, you know, start there uh, and then validate your ID by the demands. Just do some sort of research on Google, verify it by Google Trends, then maybe go to other websites, see on Etsy.com uh, or Pinterest.com. Is there uh, publications about uh, the topic or the items uh, you're, interested, you're interested into in the category? Just really dig deep, find the time, really find the time because this is probably the most important uh, stage of your business uh, when it comes to uh, uh, launch a new product. So find the time to do that research and then validate with those tools. Uh, with Helium 10, that's the one I use, but there's also Viral uh, Launch, uh, Market Analysis, and Jungoscat. Those are good tools. Uh, they've been updated their, their, tool, their suite of tools very frequently. I love the three of them. I'm more of an Alien 10 guy, but uh, I, I also use the, the other ones. And validate your IDs. Once you're ready, just come and look and source uh, on those uh, 168.com. See if the items you found on Etsy or Pinterest exist already. If it exists, then take it off the shelf, put it into Amazon, start small, get confident, and uh, yeah, take it from there. I think it's a good way to start. That's brilliant. There were just so many golden nuggets in, in that one minute over there about these. Thanks a lot for that. Sure. So um, you mentioned to a, a few different um, you know experts, and I want to point out that a few of them are actually visiting Asia very soon. So yeah. um, And this is a great opportunity for sellers in Asia and Singapore, Malaysia, uh, you know, Vietnam, Indonesia, to come and meet with these people. So Jim Cockrum is going to be a speaker at the Global Sources Summit in Hong Kong, Absolutely. which so is from October, October 27th to the 29th. Yeah. So in case anyone's interested in meeting with him, and he's also going to be organizing 
um, a special meeting with his own um, team members, with the My, My Silent team team members Ooh. over here. Yeah, there's so many of them in Asia, right? It's it's really popular in Asia too. Absolutely. So, we yeah, all, anyone's... yeah, the old MST community is waiting for Jim to come and speak at <laughs> Global Sources and, and meet him also finally in a, in a, that little separate uh, conference room that and engage with them. Are we really looking forward to that one? Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone's interested in my silent team and if you want to come meet Jim Cockrum, go check out globalsources.com forward slash summit. You'll find information about the conference there. Cool. All right. So last question for you, Baptiste. <laughs> so what is your one piece of advice to someone who's just starting out on their e-commerce journey? Right. Very quickly, because we this one is a long one. Very quickly, um, don't get discouraged. Amazon is not the opportunity that it used to be, for sure. Uh, you're going to need a lot more work, and you need, you're going to need to level out with uh, sellers that have been, do, have been added for now quite a few years. So very professionalized, very experimented. But don't give up. You know, the only, the only way to succeed is don't give up. Uh, there's a proverb in China made by an ancient uh, wise guy called Lao Tzu, and he said, you know, uh, the, the fires that are uh, burning the highest is the one that extinguish the, the quickest. So, uh, you know, wow. pace yourself into uh, this model. Go uh, slowly first, get the confidence and, and carry on and don't give up. It's, it, you know, the, the total retail sales online uh, uh, in 2019 as of April was only 17.5% of the total retail sales uh, global. So that means the, the progression for e-commerce, it's still going to be huge. Don't give up. It's all going to happen. And right now is a great time to start. That's fantastic. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, they say, oh, Amazon is too saturated and I don't want to launch any new products now. I should have done it two years ago, but that's not true. It's it's growing so fast. The market is is really huge and expanding very fast. There's, so there's tons of opportunities. Absolutely. All right, Patis, I want to thank you. Uh, it was really wonderful. There was so much great information and uh, practical advice that you gave to everybody. So thanks a lot for that. Thank you so much, Megla, for today. All right. And I hope I could uh, give... Uh, all of your listeners and viewers, a bit of uh, value there. Appreciate that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. Bye.